0: episode is a little bit unique in that it is a mashup of discussions that I have had with clients during lockdown and in the context of online coaching and I did let them know that I was recording our uh, what I was saying from my end um, because it's relevant to so many people. So. So often I find that my clients believe that they are the only ones struggling along with motivation, um, commitment, adherence, but oftentimes everybody is struggling with the same thing. And so I like to let them know that. I like to sometimes record what I'm saying so that I can create resources for my clients. And so I just thought I'd put this out there. Let me know what you think. make the progress i'm not saying this is what will happen to you but potentially down the track if your particular chosen strategy isn't working for you i'm the one that's here to help you um, troubleshoot that but quite often people don't come to me when that's the case you know they kind of go oh no i've failed again and i really don't want to face you know putting my hand up and saying that so just be aware that yeah you you choose your strategy and I'm there to support the process and I'm not there to say don't do this or exclusively do that I'm here to say okay so what have you tried so far um what's worked well what hasn't what can we tweak um what do you feel comfortable with doing because as I said last night there's a million ways to do it so can be done and that—that's another thing I'm really mindful of, and I've actually been questioning lately: Do I restructure the program somehow um, to get people away from that mentality of having to achieve everything in the specified time frame? The time frame's there because we need that whole amount of time. We need that whole eight weeks to get the information. Um, across to you guys without just completely overloading you because you've got other things going on in your life, right? So I find that the eight weeks works well to get the specific information that I want to you guys. But I want you guys to move away from that mindset that you must achieve all of your goals in eight weeks because for most people that's not possible when you factor in all the rest of their life. Now, for some people it is, but it's a matter of asking yourself that question what kind of progress am i happy with so do i want to potentially in the short term increase my um effort levels my mental energy expenditure on this process and in that case you will likely get you know um five kilos or more if you're prepared to be really focused like five kilos of genuine fat loss i'm talking and and lots of centimeters as well But if the trade-off to that is your enjoyment of life or your stress levels, then like you've just done, taking a step back and saying, okay, I'm happier with a slower rate of progress and to do things one step at a time. And that is, yeah, that's completely up to you. And I'm here to support that process. So by the time we go through all of the um, course information that I've got, and, and as you can tell, what's happened is with lockdown, I'm actually adapting the course to deal with the current circumstances because we now find ourselves in different circumstances. So I don't ever have like just one outline. This is it. I adapt it to what's going on for the group, what questions you guys ask. Most people can lose weight easily. They've got that. They've got their head around that. Um, maintenance is a bit of a different ball game chunk it down, make it manageable. And I think when you, when you talk about like, yes, that's what I struggle with maintaining my results. Well, most people I come across do. Um, and so that's completely normal, but I think if we take it back and get, let's focus on your fat loss process first and don't worry too far ahead because I'll walk you through that process. Um, once the time's right. So chunking it down, getting those, um, Daily fat loss habits that you've got there on your tracker down pat and prioritizing them as you've just mentioned into the ones that you can more easily do first so Achievable get those ticked off master them make them automatic move on to the next one so that um, That goal you were just speaking about or that daily habit that you were just speaking about um, Talking about it being potentially a bit more difficult for you than other people um That's absolutely fine. Let's work on that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Tick off the other couple that you can do and we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We'll talk about chunking that particular habit down. So it's like you're starting with that overarching goal. You're looking at what you need to do daily to achieve that. And then sometimes even within those daily actions, you might even need to chunk those down. So breaking your targets down again and really simplifying it. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that, and it's very individual. Hey, I studied this for 12 months intensively, and it really hurt my brain. And that was not to make me a be all expert, it was to make me know how to put things into practice, how to try things, how to observe how they work with real people, and then combine, like, you know, the book knowledge with applying it to everyday people. Um, so it's one thing to have all of these research articles and, and things done, but it's another thing and, and strategies that might work in a lab or whatever. It's another thing to apply it to a real person. And also that, you know, that course really just equipped me to know where to go for information and have, you know, like an overarching view. So you guys can't learn that whole thing in eight weeks. So <laughs> stick with, you know, the basics, use, utilize me as your support, um, any questions and I adapt the content, um, according to what's working well and what people might need a little bit more of. Yeah. 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 And it's usually the same, like you find, um, I think, what was I saying to you, don't ever think that you're behind because it's not a race. So putting aside that whole um, time frame, that's the time for me to deliver the information to you. Um, and then throughout that, help um, taking you through putting it into practice. So try not to think too far ahead um, and just focus on one thing at a time. It doesn't matter what you pick to do today, just that you take action. Um, and so try to think of it like layering. Whatever you pick today is a tick and then we add to that tomorrow or next week. We're just going to keep layering these, these things together until it all comes together and really starts to pay off and it does. So the more that you overthink it and sort of procrastinate, um, you just freeze Yeah. I do that with my housework. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's why I'm here to take the thinking out of it to a degree for you. While I am giving you information, I'm supporting that process too. So it's not that I expect that if I've given you guys, um, you know, a topic that you just, uh, you're a master at it straight away it's a conversation it's a two-way conversation so it's it's maintaining this type of conversation with me yeah so you'll need to include as much detail as you possibly can I don't know if you saw the meme that i shared on my story i think it was yesterday of uncle buck with the pancake and it's like client food log one pancake and he's got that giant pancake on the thing and that that is yeah so that's where you need to use a fair amount of detail as well but for today just start writing it down because what you might actually find is that you're starting to write down way more than you thought you were eating and what that does is it just um it can reduce your calorie intake because you become less inclined to eat something that you might not want to write down so in that regard food logs are not like a great picture into people's normal habits because they will adapt it but i definitely recommend it as a place to start for self-reflection so it's probably less about myself reviewing it because we might even subconsciously adjust it before we send it to me (laughs) um like without realizing and any form of logging, including MyFitnessPal, only works if it's if it reflects what's actually happened. And this is where people will fall down with MyFitnessPal is that they are underreporting what they actually eat to themselves and they don't realise that they're doing it. And it's just something that all humans do, including humans that are trained in are uh, trained dietitians, trained nutritionists anyone. We just do it. Like we, we don't accurately report everything that goes in our mouth. So just bear in mind that keeping that record is really for your self-reflection and I'm happy to review it as well, but it needs to be very accurate for me to make a call on the, the energy content of it or, you know, the food selection, for example. Yeah, you won't be a hundred percent. And also the entries in there won't be a hundred percent. It's just an estimate so everything that we do is a bit of an estimate and the the no, I don't want to say the truth but you know we see over a period of time we see the we see the validity of our uh, method in the results but I wouldn't don't expect to see that day to day say for example if you ha- um were sticking to this particular strategy for a period of 2 to 3 weeks and we saw absolutely no progress meaning nothing around the waist coming off um scale weight not budging at all um uh, clothes still not fitting um we know that we need to go back and adjust the method is we're looking at a time frame there so i can't make a call on whether you're doing inverted commas the right thing or not until i've seen about 2 or 3 weeks pass Yeah, and we can compare all of that data. So it's really just about collecting it. And yeah, and so that you know whether you're on the right track. You could do now in the short term, instead of trying to track calorie track every single day with MyFitnessPal, you could use it as a bit of a planning tool and think about the common meals that you might eat and just to gain an idea of them um so if you have a sandwich that you take to work every day for example just work that out and it gives you a ballpark figure so we all have meals that we rotate all the time right if you can just grab a few of those as they come up and and do the maths on them then you're like right cool so i'm eating this meal that's actually worth like estimated 600 calories Perhaps I need to like just adjust the portion sizes of that somewhere. Using my train of thought. But if you have like expectations that you need to do like 20 odd things that you would normally do when you are feeling motivated um, and you don't get one of them done, you're more likely to feel like ashamed, guilty, pissed off about that than if you lower your expectations to... Say just doing the one set of squats or a set of push ups at that time, it will snowball again. It's more likely to snowball again because you've made it achievable. So if things are seemingly like in the back of your mind, you're going, logically, it's not that hard for me to do. But to some degree, it does feel that way at the moment. And that's probably because there's so much uncertainty at the moment. So, even if we're trying to hold our shit together uh, on the surface, like within us, we're all sort of going, well, why should I even bother doing that? Because who knows what we're going to be allowed to do or not allowed to do next week, you know, and how long is this going to go on for? So, I think if you can lower your expectations and also be kind to yourself in that we're going through this really shitty situation, so you can't be expected to be at the level that you would normally expect for yourself. Is that all making sense? Oh, that is so profound, because it's just the human experience. It is like our lives change, and as we get older, some of it's outside of our control kind of acknowledging that and not putting the blame on yourself because it's a systematic thing. And so it's not because you're lazy and unmotivated. It's because you have other things, other responsibilities. I don't even want to call them priorities because it's not even like we have a choice to prioritise things sometimes. So it's acknowledging that and ex- and not accepting your situation and going, oh, well, I guess I'll never be able to do what I want to do. It's not about that at all. It's about going, okay, this is a scenario. This is what I want to do. Um, how can I make some of that work so that I feel a bit better and I'm getting some enjoyment out of life? Because everyone, to some degree experiences the same things. Yeah. Is that fair that's to say? About yeah. So I just had a really good discussion with one of the other girls around how um when you've been motivated in, in a good routine in the past and then that's it's been taken away from us. Like that's hard and then but you get in your head that oh well I should just be more motivated but it's not as simple as that. So I think it's like, it's taking your expectations down a notch for what you need to do. And so going back to that whole, keep it simple thing for the purposes of setting yourself a goal for the day that is achievable instead of, I need to do all these 20 things. I need to eat better. I need to drink more water. I need to do my squats. Like basically, as I said, it's not like lifting barbells, but we can get a good amount of volume in with just like four 10-minute sessions of exercise in the week. And so mm-hmm. you could tack that on either before or after your walk. Your, you know your habits better than me. If you would be more likely to do it before you go on your walk, so you might have the mentality like you might be enjoying your walks. And so I use the mentality that um, if I enjoy something, I'll do something that I don't enjoy before it, like something that needs to be done that I might not necessarily want to do. I'll do it before (laughs) the enjoyable task because then the enjoyable task is to reward myself. And Mm -hmm. I actually work the reverse to most people. And that's only because I've established the habit of doing exercise to the like, doing it on my own to the point that I actually have to reward myself with my workout instead of the other way around. Uh, So I'll have to sit and do computer work and get things done on there that I might not necessarily want to do before I'm allowed to do my workout. (laughs) And my um, coach made that rule for me this year because we found that I was procrastinating a lot on hard things or things that I found mentally taxing um, or I was even scared of doing because I felt like I might not be that good at it and this is how you may be feeling about working out at home you don't need motivation let's just put that to the side because um, nobody's motivated all the time you just have habits that you end up doing so think about your job what are the things that you do in your job that you don't even think about, that someone new coming in would have to learn from scratch and really struggle. It's Mm -hmm. exactly the same as like, do even establishing the habit of coming to the shed is a skill that you build. And then eventually, like when my clients have been working with me for a period of time, and some of the people like Mel that have been coming for a lot longer, she doesn't Mm -hmm. think about it. Not the way that newer clients do. They'll be like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to expect. I don't know how much it's going to hurt or I know it's going to hurt and I want to avoid that or whatever. So I might Mm -hmm. think up a reason why I can't get there. Um, So you've you've got people that just so um, I guess where I'm going with that is maybe try not to have the expectation on yourself that you're even going to have a good workout. Mm -hmm. It will just be a workout. It won't be anything in particular, you'll just do it and then you'll feel better for doing it. There's no secret exercise that you're missing out on that's going to help you reach your goals. Um, like that, you know, when people start getting caught up in the detail of thing, things, I think that's a lot of what people do when they're talking home workouts as well. It's a bit like, oh, well, I want a really nice booty, so exactly which glute exercise should I be doing for that? And then they end up doing no exercises because they've been pondering which is going to be the best glute exercise. Frequent eating. Um. So using myself as an example, or if I can go to, so sometimes methods seemingly work, but what it boils down to is it may work for some people to eat more frequently because it may assist them to remain in a calorie deficit, even if they don't understand that's what's happening. And I use myself as an example, doing a detox with a naturopath years ago and losing three kilos in a week. I thought it was down to the, uh, the food selection, all the effort that I was putting into eating these clean foods, um, But in fact, it was because the plan put me into a calorie deficit, plus dropping, you know, fluid and gut contents as well um, initially, which I didn't maintain either. So it's really a question of which method works for the person. But what we find online a lot of the time is that people do not understand the, the principles behind the method that they're using. And it's not necessary. So if we just use an example, like say, not that you haven't been doing anything, but if I've got a client who's been doing nothing in lockdown because they're struggling with that motivation, um, you know, and I'm trying to encourage them to uh, get more. I'm trying to encourage them to at least maintain the ability to squat and bend their knees and hips and you know keep working their leg muscles and and people say to me oh but I'm going for a walk and I'm like that's fantastic you should just do that anyway though that should just be part of your daily life don't count it as a workout but when you get back from your walk I want you to do two exercises squats and push-ups and why because we've got that leg strength to to build there they can be resisted with a band they can be weighted they can be body weight um, and then get down on the floor and train, do your push ups, train your core, upper body like it's an all over body exercise. Do that, you know. Let's just use the example of someone doing nothing. Then they go to doing 10 reps of each for three rounds, and it'll take them under 10 minutes to do, as long as they're not stuffing around. Take them under 10 minutes to do. There, they've done um 60 reps they wouldn't have done otherwise. They do it four times in a week, and they've got 240 reps that they wouldn't have done if they kept going, oh, I've got to do this, you know, big half-hour session with six exercises in it and a thousand reps, and I just can't deal with that right now. So it's just about breaking it down for you. So let's have a think about. Which exercises you'd like to train and we'll just pop them into a really simple plan that you can do more frequently to build up that your repetitions and then if you send me at the end of the week what you've done then i can um i can progress it from there so we've got to get that baseline to start with yes there's no need to do anything fancy uh it's just you know, they're your key exercises. Um, and when we're making things over complicated in a training plan, it's just fillers. So there's a time and a place for fillers and lockdown is not it. I'm the same as you guys and like I teach this stuff, but even having the knowledge doesn't guarantee that you do things as a human um, because you are human and fitness Um, diet whatever weight loss comes to the forefront sometimes and then other times it doesn't and that's natural because that's how life goes so um, and sometimes you're going to feel I don't like using the word motivation oh well motivation does you know it ebbs and flows and sometimes you do feel more motivated to deal with things but you know the other day, I decided, right, what's the key habits that I coach my clients to do to get back on track? I need to remember them. I'm going to implement them today. And I did them. And lo and behold, I felt friggin' amazing. <laughs> and you just think, you just go to yourself, oh, why do we drop our good habits? When we know that we feel really good, why? There's a bit of psychology around that. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit beyond me, but I think it's something to do with um, we kind of like almost having a problem to solve. So when, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. So we'll actually make problems for ourselves because it's a little bit more motivating to have, to be at the start of a goal and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to do all this stuff. And then, you know, the key, as we all know, the key is to keep doing these habits. So the people that stay lean, the people that stay fit, they do the work every day. And not all of us are prepared to do that for a variety of reasons. Some of them are in, intrinsic and some of them are extrinsic, like outside of us, our work commitments, family commitments, whatever it is. They're not always just excuses. They're legitimate circumstances. Um, but you know, I think we get, we, we master certain habits and you've probably been there before with me, like, um, when we've done the food as fuel with Jason years ago, um, stuff like that, where you could, you start to master those habits and then they're almost boring. And it's about understanding the mechanisms of it. So when we did food as fuel, I wasn't a nutritionist. So, you know, we got those workshops, we tried to implement, you know, the calorie deficit, the um, protein intake, all that kind of stuff, but without that, you know, really deep understanding of it. And it's taken me years of practice. It took me 12 months of studying to become a nutritionist and doing some really hard, well, they were hard for me, exams, and I'm still practicing now. You can't know all the information for every different context, but you need to understand a few key things. If you tell yourself you're going to do an hour workout every day and your life is just not allowing for that, and you're just going to feel overwhelmed because in your mind, you're looking at the clock and you're going, I'm running out of time and everyone's asking me for things or you know I've got things coming up. And then you start to get angry and stressed because you can't get that one hour workout in when really you didn't need a one hour workout, you know, three times a week, you might need a 10 minute workout each day or a 15 minute workout each day. And if you're doing the few key exercises that really matter and not the frilly stuff, then you're sorted and um, it's just trying to take that stress away from your life because the reality is sometimes you just, you know, you're not going to get there. So it doesn't mean that you give it up. It means that you look at what you can do to um, maintain some level of fitness and it might not be as ideal as what you would like to do. I can't fit everything that I would like to do in every week in terms of fitness because we still got to do the other things that run a business, still got to run a house and a family and still got to like cook and clean and have a shower and um, <laughs> then the day. <laughs> sometimes have a shower and then we're not professional athletes um we've got lives we haven't got people doing all this stuff for us um so yeah it's setting expect managing expectations for yourself and um, being realistic um but you know the things that you can do they will make a difference it's it's understanding what makes a difference because then you go ah it's really not that hard but there's a lot of as i said Programs, challenges, um, plans out there that make it seem overcomplicated because they they want to make it seem magic and they want to make it seem to you like they've got this one key secret, you know, um, so that you buy their product essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but if you understand a few things yourself, you've got the power to decide how to do it, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to do a combination of in-person classes when we're allowed to do that again um, but i know that i've got if i can't make it to a class time it's not the end of the world because guess what i've got my training plan i've got my dumbbells and i know exactly what to do and if i need help i'm going to message Ange and say hey what about this So that's what we'll do as part of the nutrition course it's about um it's about identifying the habits that need to happen, but then layering them on. Um, and you do have that that accountability check-in with me, but it's not about, I mean, I've heard of people doing accountability check-ins where, you know, this would be more for a, a pretty full-on body composition program, which is, this one is not that, because people are like you. They're um, struggling to implement some of the most basic habits. And I'm, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean, you know, you're you're struggling to do what you know you need to do. So it's not about doing some, you know, really intensive program that's then going to increase your stress levels and the pressure that you're putting on yourself. Um, but what we do is we layer exactly what you said, exactly like your training program, break it down. Um, what's the bare minimum that needs to get done to make progress, identify it, start it, master it, layer the next one on, and layer and layer and layer until you're like, it's all coming together. And that happens over that period of time during the program with my support. Um, so the one thing I will say is don't avoid your weekly check-in if you feel like you've had a bad week because it doesn't need to be done perfectly. And this is something that I say again and again, to people um, that join the program and sometimes it still doesn't get through to people because of things that they've done in the past but you don't need to do any of it perfectly to make progress you will make progress if you just tick a few boxes and check in with me each week because those are the clients that are, you know losing centimeters off their waist losing you know three five six seven kilos over the course of the program and and beyond it um because they've just come to the realization that it doesn't need to be that complicated um but the the check-in does it's not that it's not that they go oh i'm really you know angie's gonna yell at me if i haven't done something right that's not what the process is about at all it's more that by having that little like trigger to say oh it's check-in day you know i've got to make sure i've um filled out my um, accountability tracker uh it's them it's actually them doing it for themselves not for me frequent eating um so using myself as an example or if i can go to so sometimes methods seemingly work but what it boils down to is it may work for some people to eat more frequently because it may assist them to remain in a calorie deficit even if they don't understand that's what's happening and I use myself as an example doing a detox with a naturopath years ago and losing three kilos in a week I thought it was down to the uh, the food selection all the effort that I was putting into eating these clean foods um But in fact, it was because the plan put me into a calorie deficit plus dropping, you know, fluid and gut contents as well um, initially, which I didn't maintain either. So it's really a question of which method works for the person. But what we find online a lot of the time is that people do not understand the, the principles behind the method that they're using. This is the KFC situation. No, so let's say you're renovating all weekend. Your normal daily energy expenditure is, let's say, 1700 calories for argument's sake. You then increase your energy expenditure through renovations by an additional 500 calories a day. If you eat KFC for lunch and you happen to have, like me, a thousand like I would if I did that. Um I'd have probably a thousand calorie meal. Yeah. That one meal still doesn't put you into a calorie surplus for the day. Yeah. And no, it's not going to be ideal to not eat anything else for the rest of the day. And I probably wouldn't even recommend not eating anything else. I'd recommend getting back on the wagon with something to do with protein, something to do with vegetables, just keep it light. You're still going to be in a calorie deficit even though you ate KFC. So you've expended yeah. in theory 2500 calories, uh 2300 calories for the day. You've taken in let's say with your KFC and your one other meal um 1300 calories. You're still in a calorie deficit. But, if you continue and go and get McDonald's for dinner or go to the pub or what another like thousand calorie meal or and then have a couple of beers as well because you've been working hard all day, and this is what we do, isn't it? yeah you've come yeah. back to maintenance or above, and so all that energy that you've expended there um is it didn't do anything for you but you know, that's just how it is. And it's just trying to get out of that mentality that one bad meal um ruins your progress because you really could capitalize on the fact that you're doing renovations on the weekend for increasing your total, not only your total daily energy expenditure, but for that week, yeah. as long as you keep it tidy with your food. And even if that means, yes, I had KFC, so I'm going to, tidy everything else up around it i'm not going to continue to go into that surplus and you wouldn't even have gone into a surplus just with that kfc for example Yeah, likely depends what you ate (laughs) your fat loss will become a problem for you again if you put it if you completely shelve it due to Other things taking over inverted commas life. Guess what? It's going to be a problem again in another month or so. So we need to get your habits to the point where they are running automatically in the background, like a little, you know, awesome little computer um, program so that when life comes to the forefront again, and it invariably does that, that stuff's just taken care of and we're not constantly... Just completely shelving it. That is the number one problem with fat loss habits is that uh, they're not maintainable.